Good evening. It's September 12, 2019. We're at the Long Run at 2452 Sutherland Avenue with the Dead the Engineer. I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at deadhead.engineer865. And we are now on Spotify. So I think if they are on Spotify, the app, they can just Google Deadhead. Just Google yeah. Deadhead. Either, I think either Deadhead or Engineer or both. You'll find it properly. Okay, well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, find us on there, and you can listen um, almost instantaneously. It doesn't. Need, we don't need to wait to download it to t- tomorrow, right? Oh, it'll probably be tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, we still. Well, okay. Well, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. We still need need it from Mama Gilday. Yeah. So, yeah. SoundCloud has to wait. So, episode thirty. Um, I still, you know, we, we talk about it not daily, but pretty regularly that. We've gotten to 30 episodes. It's crazy. It's crazy. And that people. Over six months. (laughs) Over six months, and that people are still listening. Um, So, (laughs) we we hope so. (laughs) Maybe, maybe people are listening. Yeah. Um, But definitely, we have a, we have a, we have literally a packed house here hanging out at the Bliss Home corner at Troopers Library. So, uh, we'll get to the Run Knox folks here shortly. But of course, I'm going to try to keep it brief because we have a ton to go over. Uh, 9-12-1973. I had a recommendation from, I'm not going to remember the Instagram user's name at the moment. He recommended 9-12-1983 from the uh, Berkeley Theater. There was excellent shows on between 1973 and 1993. I settled on 1973 at Williamsburg, Virginia, because this night was not supposed to happen. So 9-11-1973 was Bruce Hornsby's, who in 1990 became a member of the Grateful Dead. This was the first um, show that he attended as a fan. And so he got so tickled by the fact that when the set was almost over, Bob Weir said, hey, we're having such a good time. We're going to come back tomorrow. Five bucks for everybody to hang out. And so they came back. It was essentially kind of like a freebie show. Um, it wasn't an exceptional show by any stretch. Um, but lots of new songs were debuted in February of 1973. And so, you know, here we are in September. Uh, Eyes of the World. They played Eyes of the World. You know, a lot of kind of basic things. Loose Lucy, uh, Road Jimmy um, were some of the ones that were debuted in February. And then kind of, they were a lot of 1973 songs that um, they just kind of cycled through. And so, um, I don't know if you've, you know, you're from Virginia. You've been to probably Colonial Williamsburg. I've been Um, to Williamsburg a few times. Yeah, so... uh... Uh, we were just talking about Blue's Relay, right? Uh, which I ran over the weekend with a uh, team from Asheville, and I actually ran into um, Christo Landry, who ran, Mary ran, grad. ran for William right. and Mary and was a professional runner for for a few years, won a couple USA titles. Um, he was probably not at this show in 1973. Probably not. No, no. Um, but. but I still think, as always, every week I always say it: um, excellent show. It's worth. Worth listening. Worth listening to. Excuse me. It's you're not gonna. Um, it's not an epic Grateful Dead show by any stretch. Um, though they're always. You can find a, a little piece. You can find a nugget in between uh, some jam, and then it'll take you to wherever you want to go. And so, uh, nine twelve nineteen seventy three. Check it out. 
Um, so we'll get to our um, our guests of the evening. We have a lot of guests, and normally have one or two, but we have a trio of guests. So uh, the Run Knox crew, uh, you can find them at ktc.org slash run Knox. Uh, their coordinator is Scott Schmidt. Um, is it Schmidt or did I did I pronounce that wrong? Yeah, it's pretty close. Okay. Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah, oh, sorry. We'll go with that. The, no, the, the D the D caught me off guard. <laughs> I, I've, I've known you for long enough that I should probably pronounce it correctly. Uh, Eden Slater and Sarah Hopkins are here, and so if y'all have ever listened to what goes on here, what's on tap? So Ethan, what's on tap? I'm actually uh, drinking the Dartmouth Pub Ale from um, Albright. Oh, isn't that ironic? Yeah, yeah, we got a. We're able to bring back a growler of it, and I'm trying it out, and it's pretty good. Excellent. Uh, I'm drinking the Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Um, it looks as if... Oh, it's an Oktoberfest. So it's a seasonal lager. I like it. It's tasty. Uh, Scott provided it, and so thank you very much. Eden, what are you drinking? I am also drinking the Yeehaw Oktoberfest. It's very good. It's not overwhelming. Very refreshing. It's not, not really Oktoberfest uh, feeling outside, not, but... Not quite. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like the lighter Oktoberfest this time. Hopefully it so. cools down by December. Sarah, what are you drinking? What's Hi, on tap? I'm drinking the All Day IPA by Founders. Excellent. Good choice. Yeah. All right. Um, well, so it's good to have you guys here. Run Knox will get in touch uh, or back in touch with you guys in a couple of minutes. We are going to go through our rundown, uh, our starting blocks, because there is a lot to go over. And so, um, Blue Ridge recap. Yeah, like might have won another race this weekend. Like I said, yeah. uh, I I had tried to get an Oxville team together, and it kind of blew up um, a few weeks before the before the race. So Asheville, you're not calling anybody out, are you? No, okay. it was uh, it was a team it was a team effort okay. that 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 blow up. Um, so I had told the Asheville guys I ran on their team last year, and I said I was available if they needed me, and um, they had a last minute injury, so I I. Uh, just went over there just for the day and ran the relay. It was fun. It was probably my last one. I don't think I can handle that too much longer in my old age. Um, but, yeah, we won. We beat Charlotte by 26, 25, 26 minutes. Um, they had a wrong it's a hefty t- amount. Yeah, they had a wrong turn early on, which set them back about seven minutes. Um, and then overnight, it actually um, was, was relatively close, but we pulled away in the last 12 legs. So it was, it was fun. Good. Well, I guess, you know, you, you know, you went out as a winner. You know, there's yeah. not too many people that can do that. John Elway, Peyton Manning, uh, you know. Me. I don't even yeah. think, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Much. I don't even think Usain Bolt went out as, as a winner. So, uh, the fact that you did, uh, pretty neat. I did, I did set three Strava course records on my three legs. Oh, so, well, there you go. That's, uh, that's all that counts, do, right? Do tell. And so, uh, yeah, you know, pretty good weekend for you. It would have been nice to have been a part of that re, uh, relay. Um, obviously, I was, um, you know, we did a different gig last week where we did the Q&A, and so I was, uh, we had the weekend open. Um, I think, you know, we'll backtrack again to the weekend, or not to the weekend, a couple of days ago. Um, our good good pals uh, had a podcast on Monday that you oh, yeah. attended. Yeah, Melanie and uh, Frank, um had had their their initial their inaugural Ace and Angel podcast over at Alma DM Office Suites. Right. Uh, Melanie was on our podcast, man, a couple months ago, I guess. Episode twenty, maybe. I don't maybe, know. Something yeah. like that. And their their podcast is uh, related to food and wine. 
and so they had they had very it was catered and it was very good food and very good drinks and they had Knox Foodie uh, as their guest right um so yeah, it was a little little different than what we have here, but it was a, a fun thing to be part of. You know, if I could say something about that, and I obviously didn't get to make it down uh, to their show on on Monday. That being said, I will get down uh, one of these week, you know, one of these weeks here um, before too long. Um, I think the thing that makes um, you know, like they have their own unique thing, and we have a unique thing going here. And I think uh, the thing that kind of we're not coming together per se. They have a passion for what they do, you know, with food and wine. Obviously, Ace is a, you know, fantastic um, chef, uh, of course. And, um, and so we have a passion for what we do here. And I think that's the thing that, um, you know, maybe there's a, there's a similarity between, even though it's two totally different topics, um, the fact that that's where they... They put their passion, yeah. and this is where we put our passion. And so I think, you know, we'll probably have them on at some point, and, you know, I don't know that we can talk food and wine, and they might not be able to talk running and uh, training. But that we'll being meet somewhere said, in the middle. Yeah, we'll meet somewhere in the middle, and I think, you know, they support us, and, you know, we're going to obviously, you know, uh, pat them on the back and give them props for their inaugural episode. And so I will get down there because, obviously, you and Julia said really good things about it, and so... I'll see you guys soon on a Monday. Uh, save me a glass of uh, house red. Um, so anyway, we move on. Uh, we, we obviously have to, you know, cross-country season's heat, heating up uh, locally. So um, I'd be remiss to not mention that Jenna, Jenna Hutchins is like a name that we just have to, like, ingrain into the, to the, to the podcast. So Science Hill, uh, oh, goodness, she's a sophomore, I think. Gosh, I forget. Um, New course record down there on Cherokee, uh, 1723, completely crushed everybody else in the field. Um, I thought of you, though, um, Sasha Neglia, who's her, um, I guess her direct competitor up rival, there in the Tri-Cities yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, it's a rivalry. Friendly. Uh, Dobbins-Bennett, Knights Crossing in Virginia. Have you ever run at that course? I, don't, I, was, new... I was wondering. I meant to look it up because I hadn't heard of it before. Do you know where in Virginia it was? Yeah, I should know. That would have been Because I haven't, I haven't yeah. run that course as far as I know. 1734. She actually got beat, which is kind of, uh, you know, uh, that she ran 1734. I think the winner... Ran seventeen twenty eight or something. Yeah, Virginia. Virginia's usually got some some studs, especially up from the northern Virginia. Right, and area, so, so you know, obviously the the um, high school cross country season, you know, keeps on trucking uh, over the next couple of weeks. There's a lot of things going on. You know, teams, local teams traveling out of state, and um, so yeah, we'll continue to monitor uh, local high school action. Um, I think things we go from high school to pro stuff so sure i guess we, we we have to mention since we kind of gave him a hard time a couple weeks ago christian coleman yep um because we thought uh he was going to be disqualified from worlds um turns out that even though he had three missed tests um a whereabouts failure according to the rules is only Backdated. No matter when it happened during the quarter, it's backdated to the first day of the quarter, which is when you file your whereabouts or don't file, which is apparently what he did. 
I'm confused. Can you start over? <laughs> so even though he had three missed tests in a year, which is supposed to uh, give you uh, some sort of ban, um, because one of those counts as a whereabouts failure, and that happened, uh, so they backdate it to the first day of that quarter, means you actually get 15 months mm -hmm. instead of 12 months, which is ridiculous, but it's not even a loophole. It's the way it's, it's, the way it's written. So, you know, he... We have to say he didn't, he didn't um, test positive, so we, we can't say, you know, we don't know if he's dirty or not, but he did miss three tests, but he will be at Worlds, it looks like, so. It looks that way, I yeah. I mean, you know, whatever, I, I hope he does, I hope he does well. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not one to say that he's dirty, or he's just, I just think, uh, hopefully he'll be a little more uh, conscientious about filing those whereabouts. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it two weeks ago, I had to fill that stuff out. You know, and I'm and I graduated from UT, so it it can't be that difficult to fill it out. So um, fill it out next time, Christian. Uh, you know, I I don't. You know, it can't be that challenging. So just tell them where you're going to be and pee in a cup and do the things you need to do so that we can assure that you're clean and that you can represent the U.S. on best terms possible. Um, and we're moving on to the next professional thing. So it's not local, although it's, it's, it's big news because the Bowerman Track Club guys ran essentially a time trial on the Michael Johnson track over there in Beaverton on the Nike campus. Which looks, that, that track looks awesome. Have you ever run there? I've not run there, no. With the, they've got a grove, like a grove of trees in the yeah. middle of it and it's six lanes and it just, it's like running through the middle of the forest on a track. Yeah. Um, it, it looks. I think we we had a chance when we were out at Hood to Coast one year. Uh, I think Jackie Harrison knew somebody, and she was living out there. And we had a chance to go out, and it just never worked out. And apparently, to to get on the Nike campus, you have to be wearing all Nike, um. and um, we didn't weren't prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> Um, anyway, no better next time. Anyway, um, it was it, it was kind of it, it was yeah. kind of it kind of came out of nowhere. This time trial where they were going for the world standard, which was twelve, thirteen, twelve, thirteen, yeah, yeah, and, twelve, thirteen, and like Woody that. Woody Kincaid, Woody Kincaid yeah. ran twelve fifty eight. Right. <laughs> He's now the ninth, what, eighth or ninth uh, fastest American ever, something like that. Something yeah, like that. and then <laughs> in a time trial, and, and then Lopez Lamont, Lopez right at thirteen flight. minutes. So, so I mean, it was it was successful. Um, yeah. You know, it kind of makes kind of you you kind of think it makes their coach, you know, Woody's coach look bad because he's not going to Worlds, even though he's uh, Jerry Schumacher coaches yeah. those guys, yeah, all but, three of those guys. But it was if you if you can check it out, I think you can find that video um, on online. I saw parts of it somewhere. Yeah, so. I think I saw something on Flow Track or Runner Runner yeah. Space or something. I don't like know. That. I don't know what it is about the trees on that track or what, but it makes them look like they're going really really fast. Yeah, it, it it's a deceiving thing because it's only six lanes, and so like it looked like they had um, people hanging out in lanes, you know, uh, four, four, five, and six, and it wasn't a lot of guys in the race. Yeah. It was you know like six guys. One I think I saw one guy ran like fourteen forty. Might have been a big PR for him, but he's in a. Not too often you can get in a race when a guy runs twelve fifty eight and yeah. so or twelve fifty nine, whatever it was. Excuse me, but. Um, you know, again, not not local, although that's you know pretty big news. When you can, you know, in a time trial, I mean, they had one guy pace and that was it. I think yeah. he, I think he paced for, um, 
Supposedly it was like 4,600 4, meters. 4,500, yeah. It was like, I mean, he paid for like one and just keeps going. Why not just finish the race? But, but I think I he's run 1,256, yeah, I think. I think he's... I, so, and he's Canadian, and so he's, you know. So we don't di- care. Di- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that. But he's got different. he's got a different, uh, you know, racing schedule. So uh, we move on. Um, a lot happened this past weekend. Obviously, you ran the Blue Ridge, but we had the Smoky Mountain Half, Townsend 15K. Um we can maybe have Scott chime in. Did you have anybody run at uh, the Smoky Mountain Half on uh, yeah, Saturday? Yeah, we, we had folks running at both um, Smoky Mountain Half and Townsend. Everybody's right now um, using those as training runs, though. Those weren't goal races for, for any of our people. Right. Yeah. And you had, you had someone run at least, uh, I think you had people in both, of, both, both those races, right? I did, yeah. So I had, uh, I had yeah, one, one one day and one, one the other day. Michael Kennick, um, and at a runner that I that I'm working with ran the Smoky Mountain half. He ran 140.40, which was like a two and a half minute PR for him, and so that was good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and obviously the Townsend 15K was successful. You know, from my coaching perspective, with Katie Taylor won and just snuck under 56 minutes. No, ran, no big deal. No, yeah, no big, yeah, no big deal. She ran 55.59, um, and so that was good for her. Christopher Rader was the winner on the men's side, fifty-one fifty. I think the uh, the thing that I, when I looked back at some results, the 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 timelessness of Stuart Ellington, <laughs> like every single freaking year, he's like right. He like hovers around yeah. like this like bubble. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, what, I wonder what his fastest time out there though was. I don't know. We'd have. Yeah, we'd I think have. He ran, I think he ran fifty-five something this weekend, and you know. Yeah. He's not. He's not training much, but you know, no. he's he's still out there working. So. It's, yeah, he's. You know, it's time, I think timeless. Timeless is a good adjective, for to describe Stu. That's one way to put it, Scott. Uh, so y'all had some folks training through running the fifteen yeah. k. Yeah, yeah, we just use it as Sunday a training run. Um, a couple age group awards did did really well, but. Um, no taper. We're just rolling straight through most of the fall season right now. Speaking of which, if you did win an age group award and you haven't picked it up yet, we have them here at the long run. So come get your glass. Well, I already, I already might have drank from one. That's so all right. okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure there's yeah. plenty left over. Okay. Well, good to know. Uh, and I guess lastly, before we get to our main guest, um, Oaks Farm. Yeah. Talk about the it. the. Uh, Oaks Farm, Fun on the Farm, I think they call it, now 5K, used to be Summer Solstice, um, it's Whatever it this weekend, calling, yeah. Saturday, I think the uh, kids run slash obstacle course slash whatever the kids are doing starts at 4.30, um, and then the, the adult race is at 5.30, it's going to be a lot of fun, I'm going to be out there uh, slinging beers at the beer tent like I do every year, um, and uh, yeah, it's always, it's always a lot of fun out there in Coryton. Yeah. Um, Oaks Farm is a good good venue for a cross country race. Yeah. And it's super pretty uh, Ray, out there. Ray yeah. always does a really good job with the awards and there's always good food and a good good band and entertainment. I think uh, Mick Larrabee's son is actually Oh, is he gonna be jamming gonna be out? Jamming. You so, know, they had yeah. that big uh, festival over yeah. at North Shore last yeah. week uh, on Sunday. Uh New Wave, I think mm-hmm. it was. And so um Man, he, yeah, he's you know he's the hot commodity. We need to have we yeah. need to have him back on the show. Yeah, we so. we had him before he was big time. Exactly, you know? back on episode I don't know nineteen or something. Something, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Saturday that's out at Oaks Farm in Coryton. 
Cool. So that'll be fun. And uh, so that about wraps up our local uh, stuff, which, you know, we're, we're, we're making good time. So we're going to get to Scott. We're going to get to Sarah. And we're going get, to get, yeah, get to Eden. Excuse me. Um, so Scott, we're welcoming Scott. Scott, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us. So Scott is the head coach and program director at Run Knox. Um, and so Scott, you hold degrees from UT. Yeah, Whether both, that's uh, better or for worse now, you might want to yeah, hold it, is, it from it UTC is is. at this point. Yeah. I don't but, know about football team. We were better back then. but Yeah, that's a long time ago, brother. Yeah, both my undergrad and uh, master's degree in exercise physiology from UT, yeah. And so you, your your day gig, you're out at uh, out at the lab, uh, Department of Energy. Yep, yep. I'm so, out at the lab. Cool. Yep. And working so, with the uh, the protective force out there, running their physical fitness program. For, that sounds very serious. Oh yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a big it's a big deal. It's <laughs> like you know. Yeah, we can't talk about security. it too much. We have oh, to oh, really? this podcast. Oh, well, <laughs> we go too far. Well, you know, I guess here's cheers to that. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about you know I guess like from and we'll get to Eden and. And Sarah here pretty soon. Eden's kind of not that she's old news, but she's she's done a plank contest here before. So we've had Eden Eden in the house here at the Troopers Library. So uh, give us a little bit of historical standpoint, Run Knox, and when it started, and, and kind of all that sort of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, so going back to 2012, Darren Brown um, approached the Knoxville Track Club, wanted to build a training program similar to what Rogue is doing down in Texas. Um, he was kind of a part of that program there. He moved back to Knoxville and thought this is a good place for it. Um, so we've been going since 2012. Uh, all three of us came in 2015, I think, all three of us about the same time. Um, and we're, we're just basically built off of the KTC schedule. So we're going through a seasonal approach. We got our winter program, builds up for the marathon. Spring program tends to target the Expo 10K. Summer, there's a lot of races during the summer, but nobody's running them very well because it's just terrible to train in Knoxville. <laughs> so our summer program is really just based on um, the consistency of having, you know, you're meeting every week. You're still going through all the workouts, but you don't really have a goal race. It's just survival for the summer. And then our fall program, which we're in Wait, right do now. the people that you coach have trouble with the heat too? <laughs> is that not just Ethan? Yeah, no. Oh, I th- okay. We've all been Go laying figure. in the parking lot having spasms. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> happens to, to the best of us and the worst of us. Uh, and then our, every our, single one of us, that's for sure. Yeah, so our uh, fall, tro- fall training program right now, which still feels like summer, is uh, building for both the Secret City Half Marathon in Oak Ridge. Right, yeah. And the, the that's new, a new partnership that y'all Yeah, we just of, started that one. Yep. And it's uh, coinciding really well with the KTC Fall Race, too, the, the new Pigeon Forge Race. So we got... Programs going in Knoxville and Oak Ridge all at the same time right now. Cool. Yeah, wow. Got a lot going on. You know, I, I before we get to Eden, because, you know, and we will get to her, I want to kind of jump into Sarah first, because Sarah, you do the core work here. Well, yeah, I think uh, they both actually yeah, have taught. They, they both oh. taught. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we do, we do core here. You need to check my notes. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been bad information for me. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we do we do core here on Mondays with Run Knox, and both uh, Eden and Sarah have come and, and taught that class. I'm the mean one, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Sarah, tell so, us yeah, about yeah, what yeah, you yeah. do on Monday. <laughs> so on Mondays at six fifteen, we meet here at the Long Run, and we do a core workout that's just body weight exercises. Uh, usually runs about thirty to forty five minutes, and we target the 
abdominals, obliques, and lower back, which is very important for runners especially to have a to have a really strong core in order to for when we do workouts and um, during races when you start to fatigue your posture starts to fail that way so that's why we do core in order to strengthen that and just maintain a strong posture so obviously you have the you know your ACSM ACSM certified excuse me uh, Grad, you're not, it's like we got all these. You know, thank goodness Ethan's not a graduate of. You know, well, and we'll get to Eden because she's not a graduate of Tennessee either. But, um, and I shouldn't say thankfully. I, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't. Even, I, yeah, I don't know where my where my degree is tucked into some somewhere somewhere. But um, obviously, you're an exercise physiologist as well, so you have the background and right. experience. You know, and so obviously it goes a long way because you probably. I would assume, teach a lot of the runners that you work with the correct things to do. I do. I definitely try to. And I follow along uh, in Scott's footsteps. So I went to UT and majored in kines, kinesiology and then right. got my graduate to de- degree in exercise physiology. So Gymnastics along. coach? How do, you, yeah. how do you fit gymnastics into uh, a overall running program right so before I started running (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot I know I know please uh before I started running I was a competitive gymnast until I was like around 14 and then I stopped sorry until you grew up until I grew up yeah yeah, to the age of 14 (laughs) yeah Uh, but uh gymnastics definitely helped me with my running career because it focuses on flexibility which definitely helps in running Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we I'm do super, yoga. I'm super flexible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen the videos yeah. of you in your working out too. So. Yeah. I, always, I always thought I would have been a good gymnast just because I'm a midget. And so. And, you know, <laughs> yes. Uh, um, but I picked up running and thankfully I was successful there. Yeah. And so, Eden, we finally get to you because it was weeks ago, months ago, whatever, that we had you in here. Uh, on the plank contest. Thank you I for not she, making me do that this week. Well, yeah, and so we bow down to you because, you know, obviously you, you conquered the plank test. I, I did not. I did she, not win. She, she lost. I was here. I thought, it was, I thought there was like a... Like it's a, okay. Like it was like a... a, 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 a and they were both. There <laughs> was like an indifferent vote uh, that happened that occurred. Yeah, I think I think I think she did lose, but I think I lost yeah. they were both winners in my mind. Yeah. But but I also thought we were planking for like ten minutes, and it turned out to be forty. So there was a lot I'm of resting that, that occurred. That, that yeah. occurred. There was know. a lot of downward facing dog in in the planking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I won't. <laughs> say that, I won't say that Al cheated. But even I won't Eden, say. Eden also just completed a hundred mile mountain bike race. On a single speed mountain bike. You want to talk about that at all? I, I did do that <laughs> and I didn't die. And I actually smiled at the end, which I was really excited about because I didn't think that was going to be the case. Um, but it was, it was super fun. Uh, would you do it again? I would do it again. I actually kind of would like to do some more. If you guys, especially as runners, single speed mountain biking is kind of a good if you need something in an interim. And I know I have kind of needed something because I had hip surgery. And so mountain biking has been a good, like, extra sport for me. And single speeding is kind of like running because you don't have extra gears to go up a hill. Right. You have to slow yeah. down and stand up and, like, yeah, I don't make have, it a little bit hard, but go fast. I guess, I guess my bike is officially a cyclocross bike, but it's a, I've, I've got a single speed bike, and it, I feel the same way when, <laughs> I, when, I, when I ride it. Like, you feel, you feel the terrain a lot better on a single speed than you do 
on a bike with gears because when you get to a hill you know it and when you get to a downhill you can kind of relax a little bit kind of kind of like running absolutely it's it's a good transition absolutely you know the thing that i think i'm going to give eden a hard time about which this was really news to me i didn't know that you ran collegially at the university of missouri I, I did do that. <laughs> so, talk a little bit about it. Like, you know, don't be so sheltered. Just speak up and tell uh, us what happened in Missouri. So, because I, you, you, I don't, I don't want to age you. Uh, although, uh, what Kristen Schweitzer, uh, Carissa Schweitzer, you know, was is a University of Missouri girl, and she uh, runs for the Bowerman Track Club right now. Do you know Carissa Schweitzer? I do not. Okay, we'll, we'll try to edit this portion. Um, maybe you should pay attention a little bit closer to what's going on in the professional running. I should. Um, now you really put me on the spot. I know. I know Just, I did, all kidding aside. So tell us a little about your experience at the University of Missouri. So I had kind of a weird story, actually. Um, I initially, I was an 800 runner in high school. And my best time in high school was like a twenty fifty seven, so like nothing to write home about. I was uh, not in the five k. You're talking about for five k. Yeah, in the five k. So, so I was. I mean, you really suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my best time in the in the eight hundred was like a two twenty three, which again is well, not pretty good, wonderful. Yeah. But for a small town in Pennsylvania, it was okay. Um, so I went to the University of Missouri with no intention to run collegiately, and I actually joined the running club, and I got a little obsessed. And I was sort of just like running 70 miles a week on my own for no good reason. That's, um, what, that's what PG does too. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but then I like the sound of it. I ran uh, the collegiate or the running club national race, okay. um, and I got 17th overall. So that was awesome. And a friend of mine who was a master's student happened to have a class with the assistant coach, and he was it was like halfway through my sophomore year. He was like, hey, I hope you don't mind, but I told her about you, and she's going to call you. And I was like, wait, what? Me? No way. So by <laughs> happenstance, you just happened to land yourself a spot on the scene. I, I, I kind of did, actually. So she called me, and she told me to keep persistent with the coach. So I emailed the coach. She didn't email me back. And the girl said, the assistant coach said, keep emailing her. She needs to know that you want this. So I probably emailed her four times before she finally emailed me back. And then wow. I came in and she said, do you get along with people? And then she's like, all right, well, you, I already know your time. As opposed I'm to... Glad, I'm glad my college coach didn't ask me. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're on. So, I mean, my whole goal on walking on the team, because it was halfway through my sophomore year, so I was kind of like an alien, um, was really just to keep up. And, and I did that. I, I wasn't the best by any means, but I solidly held like sixth, seventh, eighth spot usually, and I won a lot of small meets, and it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. But so I have it's to an say, experience that you know, obviously you wouldn't. I wouldn't regret, trade. Obviously, it. wouldn't no. trade for anything. So absolutely. Not. So Sarah, you were on the UT club cross country team, right? Yes. What was that like? Uh, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Uh, we had workouts a couple times a week, and then we would race here and there. We would do uh, mainly like 5Ks. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think the club, the club cross-country thing or track is kind of new. I don't think it existed when I was in college. Did you guys have a club team? At no, we did not. No, 
I don't know how new it is. I can't say how many years it's been. I know that there's been some clubs at like University of Oregon, University of Wisconsin. As far as UT goes, we did not have a club team when I was on the team, but that was you know twenty years ago. So um, I think it's fan- I think it's a fantastic thing because there's you know certain programs that are terrible, and I think that you can um, pick up student athletes from the club team. And I'm not trying to be negative, even mm-hmm. though that's typically my you know some of y'all that know me a little bit better that might be my nature. I think it's a good thing because if there's not enough, um, you get development student athletes from the club team right. that you know might not have gotten. You know they might not have run. You right. know there's, four there's, ten or five. There's late bloomers out there who yeah. maybe didn't run that well in high school and right. eventually you know second or third year of college. Yeah. All of a sudden they're running times that are are good enough. And they you know like like Eden and Sarah you know it, it, they didn't run. Five flat for sixteen hundred meters, or you know, two ten for eight hundred meters, and so. That, but they they had a, a passion to continue training, and they and they did it on their own. And obviously, you know, it, it um, you know, Sarah, you know, continued to, and and continued to run for the for the club team, and obviously, you know, Eden made it to you know run on you know division at the division one level with the University of Missouri, and so. I think those things serve a purpose, mm-hmm. um, a really positive purpose. Yes. And so uh, it's cool. And so um, I think, you know, the way we, we want to talk to Scott a little bit more too because he's been kind of quiet over there. And so yeah, My college experience was completely different. I played, <laughs> I played pickup basketball and drank a lot of beer. Oh, well, there was you know. no, no competitive running whatsoever. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about what you got, guys. What you guys got going on for the fall? You yeah, know, as far as run knocks goes. Yeah, so uh, like we mentioned earlier, we've got both a Pigeon Forge group going on. Yeah. We've got a um, Secret City group going on. Are, are those also, are those similar? Same weekend or uh, they're. Oh. One week apart? I think Two weeks apart? Okay. Yeah. Um, early November. I think the first and second week of November of those races. I guess, you know, you know, Scott, let me backtrack just one sec because we did already talk about that. Let's talk about the prep. Like, as far as, like, day-to-day logistics is, and, you know, and Eden and Sarah can chime in at any time, but day-to-day logistics as far as how Run Knox operates, you know, that might be more valuable because... We know what races you're going to run. Let's talk about day-to-day stuff. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, we got six workouts a week, so we've got something going on almost every day. Uh, Mondays, like we talked about, we're doing core here at the long run. Tuesdays, we're doing um, our quality sessions. Um, Tuesday evenings, meet at Tennessee Sports Medicine Group, just right up the block from here. Right on. Um, track work, speed work, intervals, hills, that all that good stuff. Um, we also do that as a 5 a.m. Wednesday morning option over at West. We're doing that exact same workout in Oak Ridge now at 5.30 p.m. on the Greenway out there. So, yeah, okay. it's got three options for that speed workout throughout the week. Thursdays, um, you guys have talked to the Levco's over at PhysioLab. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah so, for sure. Adam Yeah, Adam and Lauren, yep. Yep, so we're working with them. Um, we do yoga with Colby Simmons over there at PhysioLab in South Knoxville cool. every Thursday. Um, it's one of the big things we've tried to focus on is more than just the running. Looking for that whole balanced approach. We're doing the core, we're doing the yoga, uh, we're doing speed work, we're doing our long runs on Saturdays, um, 7.30 in the morning, 
a lot of us are meeting earlier, trying to beat the heat as best we can. But we've got a full, like I said, six workouts a week that are all coach-led, coach-supported. We've got a lot, a lot going on. I mean, obviously, the three of you come from an exercise physio, excuse me, exercise science physio. Yes, help me out. That's yeah. it. I'm getting tongue-tied. Yeah. Uh, so incorporating all of the things as opposed to just the running has real value because you're incorporating the yoga, the strength training. Um, so obviously, um, yeah, that's like I said before, I, I wasn't a runner at all. So my background has been, you were a beer more, drinker, and a basketball I was a beer player. drinker and a basketball player. <laughs> and I liked fitness. I liked lifting weights. I liked doing a little bit of everything. And I still see, even though I'm a running coach, I still see the value of the holistic approach of doing all the other stuff too. So we're encouraging cross training. I mean, we don't have people out here running seven days a week. I mean, we want to see people on the elliptical. We want to see people on the bikes. We're looking, you know, like Eden was talking about 100 mile bike rides. I'm not encouraging that for any of our people because that's yeah. stupid. <laughs> no, 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 offense, no you. offense, Eden. But, but Eden I'm really feeling the pain today. Yeah. Man. Yeah. She is a different beast from what we're what we're looking to accomplish. So, really. so obviously most, most of your, or probably none of your athletes are actually like running six, like working out six days a week with the, with the group. So how often does probably on average each runner meet with the rest of the group? We're probably seeing them three times a week. You know, we get, if you're doing yeah. core, okay. if you're doing yoga, if you're probably Even four. Saturday run. You get a Saturday run, yeah. So probably three or four times a week we're seeing most people. We got some that do it completely just online. You know, I send out a Sunday schedule every week. Here's our plan for the week. Here's what our beginners are doing. Here's what our advanced are doing. And everything. And if people can't meet, if people can't meet any of those times, they you, can just you do, do it, it on their own. own. Yep, you can meet with us. You can do it all. On, we've got people that have never come to a workout before. They just do it all on their own. Yeah. And I want to add that um, I remember whenever we first started adding yoga and core to the mix, it was partially because a lot of people were getting injured, myself included, and it was just like, oh, what are we going to do to try to combat combat these inju- injuries? And so part of it was just let's take a holistic approach and really look at the whole body and you know if we need to do some strengths to kind of counteract weak hips or deal with the IT band or get things stretched out and really take that focus because some people can handle seven days a week running and other people can't and we have a wide wide range of runners or you can until you can't yeah absolutely (laughs) we just got a lot of people come in gung-ho super excited they do every single workout, the max, and then also it's like, okay, well, where'd they go? They're broken for the next three weeks because they got got too excited. So a lot of it is reining them back in, saying, okay, well, let's not quite do that advanced workout today. Let's start here and, and just build. Yeah, I think that's the difficulty in, in being a coach. It's like, you know, the athlete, or the, the athlete, the runner wants to go full bore, and that's where the, the delicacy comes in. Um, uh, you know, being able to kind of pull them in and 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 you know, rein them in and say, you know, this is what's more important. Yeah, that's hard because you so, want to push them, you want to right. see them succeed, but you don't want you, you got to find that. You kind of right. That, that so I got one question before we wrap up for each of you before we get to uh, uh, the Bliss Home Corner at Troopers Library. You know, we always got to go through a book. Uh, I don't read. Ethan does, so I'll try to chime in. Bucket list. One bucket list run thing that you have to do before it's all said and done. Eden, go. Uh, well, I just had hip surgery in January, and um, the reason I decided to so do that. So your bucket list was hip surgery. Okay, no, move on, Sarah. I wanted, <laughs> I want to break three hours in the marathon. That's okay. My goal. 
Three hours. Sarah, go. Uh, like most runners, I want to BQ. Haven't done that yet. But my next marathon is November 9th, Indy. So. Yeah, I'll be there too. Yeah, hey, I'll see you there. there. There's going to be like a thousand yeah. people from Knoxville there. Yeah. Scott, what's your bucket list running stuff? Uh, 50 states. I'm at uh, 16 right now. Yeah, so full, you are. Full marathon and all. Okay. Yeah. So you're there. I got a long way to go. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> so we're going to move on, but it's, it, you know. Chime in. It was good to have Eden here, Sarah, and Scott. Um, so, obviously, we're here at the Bliss Home Corner at Troopers Library, uh, 2452, excuse me, Sutherland Avenue. Um, and we went. you went with Frank Shorter's book, My Marathon, Reflections of a Gold Medal Life. Yeah. Um, I think he had a, he didn't have a ghostwriter, but he ran with John Brandt forward. He's written a couple other books about, about runners. Right. And it was, it was, it was very well written, very easy to read. Um, you know, it was, I think apparently when it came out, it was big, big news because um, he hadn't really come, come, come clean or hadn't, hadn't been outed about his, his childhood. And apparently um, the book was a big, um, uh, part of that where he talked about his his father and how he had, he and his uh, siblings had been abused, um, and it's it's interesting because you know I've seen um, uh, a lot of top top marathoners from back in the day talk, you know the Dick Beardsley and um, Bill Rogers, and there's always. <clears throat> There, there's always some something different. They, they always seem like they're just kind of out there, and and Frank Shorter always seemed like he was a lot more together and with it. And he's got a law degree, and he's he was very like methodical and precise. And um, it, it's it's sad that um, it seems like you know part of part of his ability to handle um, the pain that that came with running was from from his his childhood, which he had, he says he kind of blocked out and. Hmm. Um, but that's probably part of it. But the book, the book itself is is really interesting because he t- talks a lot about his training, which you know I knew we like to talk. Training. I knew yeah. he averaged 17 miles a day for the entire decade of the 70s. Um, that's that's kind of well known. But his training was interestingly enough because the way we talked about marathon training last week right. was complete the, the opposite of what uh, we talked about. That's where what threw me. He for was a loop, he dude. was hitting the track. And just killing himself on intervals twice a week. He said, basically every time he left the track, um, if someone had pulled a gun on him and said, "Run one more," or "I'm shooting," he would have said, "Pull the trigger," because <laughs> he's not doing any more. And then the rest of his miles, he was running a lot of miles—140, 150 miles a week. Right. Um, the rest of his miles were relatively easy. But then on Sunday, he would just crush his long run. And he would run 20 miles. He would never went farther than 20 miles, but he ran 20 miles with at least 10 miles at under five minute pace. So he was just he was just crushing his intervals and crushing his long run. Are you listening to this run, Knox, folks? <laughs> like this is the way to train now. Well, okay. and I, you know, I was I was I was thinking about it, and the difference is, you know, Frank Frank Shorter is kind of the the uh, father, quote unquote, of the running boom. He won the gold medal in 1972 in the Olympics. And should have won the gold medal in '76, um, but there was a there was a convicted or known doper um, that that beat him. Right. But um, he was racing. He was training to race the marathon in a way that had never been done before. 
he decided every race he was going to pick a mile, and it was a random, basically a random mile, and he would run a 4.30 mile. Yeah. Just throw down a 4.30 and then gap everybody and make sure they couldn't catch him. And that was it. And so that's why I think the difference between, you know, someone like uh, me or one of us normal people training to run the fastest marathon we can. That's not how you do it. Where we need to focus, <laughs> we need to focus on, you know, our marathon pace and our tempo pace. Yep. And he was just focused on getting those miles in and then getting that ability to blast the mile because he was just racing. He didn't care about the times. He barely mentioned his times at all. Yeah. He was a 210 marathoner, but that was just because that's what it took to win. You know, he was, he was just focused on um, getting, getting that, that blast of speed, which I think it's, it's, it worked for him, um, but probably not the best way to get the fastest possible time. No, at, you know, different points in time. You know, I think obviously at that point in time, 72, 4, 6, like it worked. Um, it, obviously that approach would yeah. not work any longer. Right. Um, it was different. Back then, the marathon was kind of like a, in, the, in, the top, in the top ranks, it was a race of attrition. It was yeah. basically like, it's we're all going to run hard survival. and someone's going to die less than the other person. That's, and he kind of introduced the idea of racing a marathon, which was... You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take some and in Munich, uh, in in the Olympics, it was mile seven. Yeah. He was at mile seven. He's like, I ran a four thirty mile. Everyone was out the back door, and I just had to cruise in and, and won the race. Yeah, and and you know, it, obviously, Frank Shorter's, you know, still remains one of the, maybe not time wise, one of the greatest marathoners. But racing, like R- his racing. race, his as race far results. as racing goes, yes, uh, one of the greatest U.S. marathoners that we've had and so we got this question last week uh you know why aren't there more people you know breaking a certain time whether whether it's 215 12 10 or whatever and um at that point in time you know and this is we don't argue and we don't disagree and so um i guess the thing to that though is like that approach in at that time in 1972 and four and six like worked for Frank Shorter. Um, obviously, that approach wouldn't work today because you know I mean we have guys running you know 201 and right. two, two five and right. and now you can run. You, it's it's a different approach and so um, seems like a fascinating book. It is, I'll it have is to actually read it, a fa- it is actually a fascinating. It's a, it's a very good book. It's an yeah. easy read. Yeah. Um, I read it in just a few days, really. But yeah, it's. it's I'd like to see the statue in in Boulder. Uh, I've been to Boulder a couple of times, but I'd like to. You know, we were talking to Justin about it yesterday. That would be cool to see the Frank Shorter um, statue. You know, I mean, he's iconic. Yeah. You know, and so, and he's of course he's from New York, so you know. <laughs> Uh, not anywhere where I'm from, but you know he's an upstate New York guy. So, um, uh, uh, yeah. Where else? Yeah. Where else are we going? I think know? that's. I think that's about it for today. That's Thanks about it. Oxford. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Eden. Um, are you gonna sign off with something? Here I don't. Know. This I couldn't week? come up with anything this yeah, week. Next week. Come up with anything. Well, so we'll see you again next week. We we got. Um, we got a, We got a guest. I can't remember who it is, but <laughs> whoever we'll have, it, we'll have a guest. Whoever it is, it'll be yeah. good. Um, but so yeah, we'll see you again next week. Uh, uh, see you again. <laughs>